Welcome back to the program. We are still waiting on the SIU to release details on their investigations into a number of high-profile cases, including that of Regis Korczynski-Paquette. On Saturday of this weekend, there was a walk for Regis, who died on May 27th after police responded to a call from her mother. Her mother had hoped that police would come and get her and perhaps take her to Cam H. Instead, what happened, the family was kept outside of the apartment while police went inside. And then something happened, and the young woman fell from the balcony to her death. And the police watchdog, the uh, SIU, will not release the conclusions of their investigation into the young woman's deadly fall from her apartment balcony until there is a second post-mortem completed, that one ordered by the family. The head of the SIU saying that out of of abundance of caution, he was going to wait till the completion of this second autopsy. From Saturday's event, here is Latanya Willis, who is aunt to Regis Korczynski-Paquette. You called them for help, for assistance, to serve and protect. And then my niece is dead. So, you know, what am I... Who do I have faith in? Who do I have faith in is the question that many in that community are asking, especially when it comes to faith in police or, for that matter, faith in the Special Investigations Unit, which is the civilian agency tasked with overseeing the police. In Peel, regional police there shot and killed Ijaz Chowdhury on June 20th after performing a wellness check again. They had been called by family members. Family members were then told to stay out and stay back, and police went in. They fired a taser and also then fired live ammunition, killing Mr. Chowdhury. From Twitter over the weekend, Hussan Chowdhury, a nephew, wrote that we have held multiple protests and rallies in Malton, Ontario. Every day we demand answers from authorities and politicians in power, but we're given the same silent treatment. In this case, the SIU says it's close to finishing its investigation, but has not yet been able to speak with the family. Hassan Chowdhury joins me on the line. Welcome to the program. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me. You're having another rally today at 1 o'clock. What's happening? Yeah, we're actually holding a rally outside the SIU uh, building at 1590 Commerce Boulevard, uh, right just south of the actual Pearson Airport. Uh, It's the SIU unit for Peel Region. Um, What's your response? What is the family's response to the SIU saying that the family has uh, refused to speak with investigators? It's honestly very disturbing. Uh, The reasoning behind that is we've been very cooperative in the sense that we're just trying to get this investigation along. Um, especially with our legal counsel. Our legal counsel has expressed, has expressed to the SIU that, listen, if there's anything we can do to help out, believe us, just give us a shout, whatever it is, we can get it done. And it, it hurts to see that they release a media release and they speak about the police officer not speaking up. And then to add on to it, they, they say that the family is, uh, is still not uh, cooperating in terms of not providing any interviews when we've been more than willing to do it. It's, it's, it hurts because... You see this agency that's supposedly supposed to actually investigate police officers, and you see this type of behavior coming from them, and you think to yourself, is it justifiable that we have an organization like this uh, actually investigating crimes on police officers? 
and it, it hurts in that sense because it's they're literally just not speaking the truth. What kind of faith, if any, you heard that clip from the walk for Regis on the on mm-hmm. the weekend? What kind of faith? if any, is there in the SIU within your family and within that community? Honestly, there's almost next to no faith. We see it again and again. We see the SIU majority of the times, 97.9% of the time, vote in favor of the police officer and no charges are laid. So at the end of the day, you can people can say whatever they like, but it comes down to statistics. If you're seeing that 97.9% of these cases have not had charges laid, you're trying to say that there's only 2% of the people are actually wrong? It's, it's very hard to believe that. I, I will, for context, point out that the SIU's mandate uh, is invoked pretty much, uh, there can be almost no involvement with police, and the SIU in, uh, you know, is, still invokes its mandate, any kind of injury at all, even minor. Uh, to a person that has an interaction with police is investigated. So I don't know if the percentage is as important as the perception. I think that is really important. Of course. Has there been no outreach from the SIU to your family? The SIU has out, uh, reached out to our legal counsel as the way it should be um, at the end of the day. So, which is why our legal counsel has been more than cooperative and actually saying we're, we're here to help out whatever that we can do to speed up this investigation. Let's do it. But again, we see the press conferences, we see the media release and we think to ourselves, if we're being so cooperative and outgoing, especially in such a hard time for us, for, for my uncle's kids, for my uncle's wife, if we're being so cooperative, why are we being dealt like this? What is it that you are asking of the SIU when you're rallying outside those headquarters today? What we're standing outside the SIU today is that we're rallying for that. They speed up the investigation because we've seen investigations that have been going on for six, seven, eight, nine months. And we want the closure from the SIU as soon as possible because at the end of the day, we don't have too much faith in the SIU and we want them to finish the investigation and we can move on from there to the next step that we want to take in our legal counsel. And I will point out just uh, to that point about timeline, I will notice that uh, today the SIU put out a news release uh, in which they cleared some officers of an event that happened on January 22nd of this year. It gives you a sense of the timeline yeah. uh, that the, takes the SIU. I should ask about your family uh, directly and how they're all holding up under this incredibly difficult time. Honestly, Alan, it's very it's very hard to comment on exactly how we're feeling because at the moment we don't know how we're feeling at the same time. Um, we're 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 trying to mourn, but we're very frustrated at the same time. It's we see my uncle's kids, we see my uncle's wife, and they keep asking. Listen, we called for help. Why did our call for help turn into the murder of our father and our husband? And how do you answer to that? You mentioned previously that the uh, news release from the SIU pointed out that the subject officer involved has not uh, been interviewed, not consented to be interviewed, nor has that officer forwarded their notes. Um, What's your take on that? My take on that is that nothing that officer can say will justify the murder of my uncle. If he wants to stay silent, that's up to him, and that is his legal right, but nothing he will say would justify the murder of my uncle and the way he murdered my uncle as well. 
You have found yourself in a number of press conferences where you find yourself on television, you're on this radio show. Obviously, I'm I'm certain that you would absolutely not want to be in a position where you're talking about it. You'd rather have your uncle. Of but course. Now that you are here and you do have this voice, mm-hmm. what do you want from the SIU and what do you want from policing in this province? My main goal uh, at the end of the day after, uh, especially with what happened with my uncle, the main goal is I don't want this to happen with anyone else's loved one. I see the pain that it causes within every single individual that loses a loved one. For me, I'm it was my uncle. I'm his nephew. And believe me, when I go home and I lay down, I think of I think of his face. I think of what the things he used to say to me again and again. And me thinking about that, I, I, I think to myself, imagine how the actual immediate family feels. The kids, the wife, the immediate loved ones. And I, I just don't want that to happen with anyone else, which is why, you know, we want to push for reforms. We want to see the SIU be built in such a way that it is friendly to the public and it's in favor of the public. Because at the end of the day, this is all taxpayers' dollars. We pay for our authorities. We pay for this entire structure. And if we can't be listened to, we can't be protected and served as we should be, then what's the point of this? We, we, live, we live in this, in, this, in this country where we're all paying tax dollars, we're all contributing, and we're not being heard. We're being, instead of being protected, we're being murdered. If they can murder my uncle who's so medically fragile, who's 62 years old, who doesn't have the energy in him to do, hurt anyone, what can they do to me? Hassan, thank you so much for your time. I very much appreciate it. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. Have a great day. That is Hassan Chowdhury, nephew of Ijaz Chowdhury. Welcome back. I'm uh, going to turn my attention to sport in just a moment, but I just want to talk a little bit about the interview that you just heard on this radio program from the nephew of Ijaz Chowdhury, the 62-year-old man who was shot and killed by Peel Regional Police. In Mississauga on June 20th, the police are responding to a call from the family of a a man in mental health distress. They kept the family out. They went in, they tasered him, and they shot him. The Special Investigations Unit is looking into it, says that the family is not cooperating, or at least has not spoken with investigators. And Hassan Chaudhry was just on the radio station saying that is not the case, that the family is looking to cooperate in whatever way they can. And it brings me back to a point that I make time and time again about the Special Investigations Unit. If you find yourself listening to these interviews, if you find yourself reading these news stories, and when the term defund the police comes up and you think that's outrageous, that we can't take money away from the police, I'm very pro-police, perhaps that's the way you identify yourself, pro-law and order that those are important things to you. If that is important to you, then you will demand that Doug Ford amend the legislation governing the SIU. You will demand it. If you are a Doug Ford supporter, if you are a Conservative Party supporter, you will demand that of the government. If you support another political party, you will say that the first thing you need to do if you gain government is change the SIU. And the reason is, if we do not have strong, independent oversight that is viewed by the communities that are impacted by the police, if we cannot view the SIU, the civilian agency, 
as a fair arbiter of police actions, then that hurts the police. That puts the police in a bad spot. Because as we have it now, the police can't talk. They can't they can't say anything but a narrative about what possibly had happened, you know, in that apartment building in Malton on June 20th. They're not allowed to. The legislation says absolutely cannot comment. All comment must come from the SIU. And tick, tick, tick goes the clock with no answer and just... Th- occasional press release that says, oh, the officer who fired the shot is not talking to us. Oh, and neither is the family. We'll get back to you later. It's a recipe for an explosive situation. It's incredibly volatile, and it needs to be changed and amended immediately. 